Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It is time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and relax so we can chat about what is happening up in the stars above us today, Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Groundhog's Day. Happy Imbolc. Happy Cross-Quarter Day. Whatever way you want to call it, today is a very uh, festive sort of day. I heard that Puxatawney Phil pulled out of the ground. It seems so rude to pull a poor animal out of the ground. Uh, but anyway, he emerged and uh, did not see his shadow, which means that there is an early spring. Like we needed to hear that here in the Pacific Northwest, where the temperatures have been sort of spring-like anyway for the last couple of weeks. And I think we had one week of winter. Maybe that's about it that we've had this year. At any rate, I don't know what the weather will bring, but Puxatawney Phil seems to think at, that spring is almost here. And we're going to talk about that today. So uh, we're, I want to, I don't often get to talk about uh, anything to do with old religions or the pagan belief system, um, but today we get to, right? We're actually on air live during a cross-quarter day that is very important in terms of all the things that I'm going to talk about today. So I like the timing. I'm thrilled because my granddaughter just got out of surgery and it went really well. She's had to have more tubes put in her ears as she's had this massive ear infection going on that wouldn't clear up. So all of that's really good. It is seemingly a pretty good day. So this morning, our plan is we're going to talk a bit about uh, the Gaelic celebration of Imbolc, Gaelic meaning from the Old Irish, and we'll talk about what all of that means. And then let's take a look at the moons. Today, the moon is in uh, Scorpio, transiting into Sagittarius over the weekend. We also have uh, the, the transiting moon in a square to the sun. We have a crisis point that we are working with today. And then we also have Mercury uh, in a sextile with Neptune today that we'll want to talk about. And then, of course, the human design for the weekend is interesting as well. We have the sun moving into the gate 13, the earth into the gate uh, 7, and as I told you back in the New Year um, or the Human Design New Year uh, webinar, it was the indicator that it's time to start moving forward. And we'll talk about what that means. And as well, the planet Jupiter on Sunday is changing gates and into the gate of rationalization in the old human design system or in the traditional human design system and blessings in the um quantum human design system. So Terry, that bodes well for you. Terry Strauss, our friendly medium that visits us here in uh, the morning as it's her birthday that day. Happy birthday to you or happy upcoming birthday to you, Terry. I will be joining her this weekend at her Harry Potter birthday party. I can't wait. I'm always excited to dress up in some ways. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So good morning to all of you who are popping in. Tom, it's great to see you with us today. He said it's Groundhog's Day and I've watched this episode twice already. How many times have you watched it? <laughs> of course, that is an homage to the movie Groundhog's Day with, uh, oh, what was his name? Bill Murray. 
experiencing the same day over and over and over again. Uh, let's see, Terry Lee Strauss, good to have you with us. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, hello to you. She says, happy Mardi Gras. And Debbie, I saw the pictures of you all dressed up for your Mardi Gras parade. I hope this year's parade was better than last year's and that the weather was better. Good morning, Christine Buckingham. Good morning, Joan Durgy. Good morning, Pam Zaruba. She says, happy Groundhog's Day. My little groundhog is still sleeping. Don't know if you'll see his shadow. <laughs> uh, he won't here at my house anyway. It's kind of cloudy here today. Uh, but I have grand hopes that the sun might make an appearance later. And uh, anyway, that's, you know, interesting because this morning about three o'clock, 247, something like that, I woke up because, you know, got a nature calls. And I sat up and I didn't have my eyes open yet, but I had this bright light in my face. And I thought, who is outside shining this bright light? And the clouds had parted long enough for the quarter moon to be shining through my bedroom window. It was really kind of shocking because it's been so cloudy and icky and I haven't seen the moon. And here it was right here in my face. It was so bright. So I love being able to connect with what is going on. And as I noticed the moon, I realized, oh, we're coming to the cross to the quarter moon. It's giving me something to chat about this morning. So, uh, oh, the parade's tomorrow, Debbie. Ah, yeah, yeah. I was just trying my costume on and the weather will be great. Awesome. Good for you. Good morning, Natasha. Good to see you with us this morning. All right. So let's start with in bulk, right? A lot of the things that we take for granted now, like Groundhog's Day for this particular day, is really an imprint that has been created by the Christianized uh, world after the modeled after the day that used to be a pagan holiday. So a lot of the things that we think of as, you know, being Christianized or Christian ex uh, festivals and things like that are really just imprinted over what used to be in the, the days of the pagan or the more nature religions. And in bulk is one of those, right? It's been imprinted over by Groundhog's Day. But the meaning has sort of, part of the meaning has sort of gotten lost in all of this. So in bulk is traditionally a, a Gaelic festival that marks the beginning of spring. Now, we're not quite to spring yet. It is the feast day of St. Bridget, who is Ireland's patroness saint right? And in bulk is usually celebrated on February 1st and 2nd. So we have two days here. And uh, it's celebrated by the Wiccans. It was probably celebrated in the old pagan religions, the Druids, etc. Um, other practitioners of pagan religions, pagan influenced religions. And, you know, you'll still hear about it today from a lot of people because it is an important marker in the year, right? It's a cross-quarter day, meaning it is the day that um, is the halfway point between winter solstice and spring equinox, at least in the northern hemisphere. And it was always marked because it was the beginning of a very noticeable shift to the light. So if you are living here in the northwest or in the northern tier of states, you're noticing already that it stays light later and that it gets light a little earlier. So we're coming out of the darkness. So in bulk is really a celebration of coming out of the darkness. It was a celebration of the potential for the lambing season to begin, right? The lambs being born and uh, the goddess Bridget is the patroness goddess of Ireland, um, who was later Christianized as St. Bridget, 
and that came, you know, as Christianity took over from the pagan religions. And in bulk traditions are about light, right? There's also the doll making uh, thing. They visit holy wells. Uh, in some of those countries that still celebrate this. Um, and they have a special meal, right, that's celebrating. And of course, they observe weather lore. So there's a certain amount of uh, psychic sensitivity that comes along here, awareness of what the weather is doing at this point in time that is predictive of when spring will come. Right. So for the last several years, Puxatani Phil uh, did not see his shadow. So there were six more weeks of winter or so I might have that backwards. But now his uh, being able to predict that winter is closing out sooner than we thought and that spring is right around the corner. Now, this holiday is also known as Candlemas and uh, is a traditional Celtic festival as well that marks the midpoint, like I said, between winter and the spring equinox. And it's typically celebrated as a time of setting intentions, right? And it, its roots are about the fact that this is the true beginning or the, the early, the earliest marking, if you will, of the change in the seasons, right, where the things begin to warm up, more light comes, uh, time to plant, time to set intentions. So uh, we have a lot of different expressions that we could use for how we celebrate this. For example, um, you may seek blessings. Interesting, since Jupiter moves into the gate of blessings this weekend, um, we may have a candle lighting ceremony that because she's associated, the, the goddess Bridget is associated with hearth and fire. She's a fire goddess. And the candles, of course, represent fire, the, 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 the coming of the light. At the return of the sun, essentially, right? The return of the sun to the uh, equinox point, increasing light, longer days, warmer temperatures, time to plant, setting intentions, all of that, including spring cleaning. I'm not quite into that yet, though. <laughs> not ready to go there. Um, so seeds of intention planted during this time uh, often come to fruition with the spring and on into the rest of the year. So it's really viewed as the actual metaphorical time for planting seeds and planting the uh, personal things that you want to do as a personal growth pathway or new endeavors, new projects, all of those kinds of things. And it aligns with this time of renewal as we approach the spring season. So it's pretty good. It's also a time to get back out into nature, observe the first signs of springs. Guess what? The other day, yesterday, this was yesterday, I went outside to replace my hummingbird food. And um, as I was walking, I was kind of so sad because my rosemary plants did not like nine degree temperatures and are looking like they're not going to make it. Um, but what I did notice was my little mini irises were coming up, miniature iris. They're just like so tall. They almost look like crocus, but they're definitely not crocus. But they were already up and blooming. P little tiny purple flowers um, coming up underneath my what looks to be dead rosemary plant. Yikes, right? Spring is already on its way. So it's a really good time for us to get out into nature, connect with nature, see what signs of nature uh, returning 
right, the spring returning that you see, to really just, you know, appreciate the natural world and how we can live in harmony with the seasons and the cycles of time. So it's a great time to acknowledge the natural cycles, death and life and rebirth, all of that. Celebrate spring's imminent arrival, at least in the northern hemisphere, as that is upon us. And it's worth noting that the practices, a lot of the practices around this are about really claiming the intention for what comes next in the season, right? It's kind of fun that way. All right. Uh, so LS says, I love winter so much. Always sad to see it go. I am always sad to see it go. No, I'm not. No, I love spring. I love fall. I'm always sad to see fall turn into winter because I, to me, winter is kind of boring, right? There's not a whole lot going on except this. Like I went outside yesterday, saw my little purple flowers, walked to my mailbox, which is um, right at the edge of uh, the road. And I can see right out uh, onto the bay that I live near. And I heard this, you know, this noise, this cacophony of um, birds. And as I looked out, an eagle had flown over what was a flock of snow geese in the water. And they all had lifted off at one point altogether. And they were all flying uh, across the water, low across the water and making such a sound. It's kind of crazy. And it reminded me of what happens in the spring. At night, I open my window so I can hear the frogs. So all of those are really great indicators, right? That time is moving on, that this too shall pass and all of that. So great things to go out and take note of as we're all a part of these seasons and of nature and of these celebrations. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, as we, we moved away in our modern human days, we've moved away from those kinds of celebrations and we've forgotten. They've been lost to time, right? So we, we you know, casually turn on the TV or look at interest of, you know, Puxatani Phil and what was going on with him, but we totally have forgotten what it really means and what it's really based upon, right? So explore it, explore it. The next cross-quarter day is actually the spring equinox will be a cross-quarter day, actually, an equinox. And then the halfway point between spring and summer is Beltane, which we've heard these words, right? Going around the Maypole and all of that. So, you know, tap in. Tap into some of the things that we've lost. It just sort of restores the celebration of the season, the rightness of the sense of time moving forward, all of that. All right. So, Today, the transiting moon is in a square to the sun. We come to the first challenging point called the crisis of uh, action in our new moon and uh, or in our lunar cycle, which started with the new moon uh, last week. And now seven days later, we come to the first crisis point. And this is an aspect between the sun, our inner and our outer selves, the, or the sun, outer, moon, inner selves, that can create tension and frustration and conflict between our more inner emotional needs and our ego identity, uh, the outer self of who we are. So we may feel that sort of restless moodiness, um, irritability, uh, and we might have difficulty expressing what it is that we're feeling and why. 
seemingly I was just fine and now I'm kind of irritated. Uh, it seems irrational to be irritated when nothing truly has happened to irritate me. It's the motion of these two different bodies as they are challenging us in some way. Now, the challenge at the first, at this part, the first quarter moon is often the physical obstacles that might show up in our uh, pathway as we are trying to set, as we're trying to move toward our intentions. So for example, you may have set an intention for uh, financial well-being for the month for this, this is what you set as your intention with the new moon. And now the bill comes in for something that you didn't expect or something that you forgot about. And our first thought then is, well, how am I supposed to, in this case, create financial uh, stability or wealth if all these bills are coming in that I didn't expect, right? The obstacle seemingly puts up a challenge to you in getting to where it is that you wanted to go. What was the reason behind the intention or what was the intention? So the key here is to experience the challenge, right? It could be in your personal life. It could be in your professional life. It could be in your relationships. All in all becomes a test of your patience, of your resilience, of your ability to persevere in knowing and creating what you want to experience in your life, right? So this time is a time of being aware of what your reactions are. What are your impulses when something gets in your way, when something seemingly blocks you? Do you give up on yourself, throw in the towel and say, yep, I'm done, right? Do you get mad? Do you get upset? Do you, you know, lash out at others or lash out at yourself for not being good enough, not being worthy, whatever? Uh, or do you uh, avoid all of that by just taking a moment, stopping perhaps for a moment and asking deeper questions? What is this block or challenge showing me? What is the... Uh, because it's not that your intention isn't any good. It's not that you don't deserve to have the financial, let's say, stability that you were looking for. It's not that at all. But what does the challenge represent? So as challenges come up, be willing to ask those questions, to dig a little deeper. Maybe it's just a sign that you need to rework the plan. Maybe it's the sign, in this case, because of its financial, that maybe you have too many demands on your money. And that it ha hasn't been getting the respect that an energetic source of uh, sustainability and, and uh, wealth needs and gives you an opportunity to course correct, right? So we may need to, we may find that we need to compromise. We might need to adjust our goal. Maybe it wasn't realistic to think that whatever that goal was, that could happen, you know, this quickly. Maybe there was something you skipped in between right? In between where you are, in, let's say it's financial lack uh, and financial abundance, there was this something else that needed to shift first, right? So it can be um, a time for you to really dig deeper. Uh, it's an opportunity for growth, for learning, for transformation. And if you're willing to face the issues, this energy can be very helpful in helping transform from not having what you desire to getting what you desire. 
Now, the transiting moon right now is in Scorpio, and that means it's squaring the sun in Aquarius. And this can bring up emotional tension, but also power struggles because we have Scorpio involved. Scorpio brings up the potential for, um, you know, uh, power struggles in between you and someone else, perhaps, uh, or between what you desire and what you see that you have. And there's also the possibility that you might feel torn between your deeper desires and the need for freedom and independence, right? So the deeper desire might mean that you have to really stick with something for a bit longer and you have to maybe, you know, sacrifice something, maybe some of your time, some of your uh, skills to be able to move through that block or through that obstacle that's appeared. But that's going to rub up against the sun in Aquarius. That is all about freedom and independence. So there's this inborn tension. And we can also experience conflicts during this time with authority figures, perceived ones. Not, it could be actual authority figures, but perceived authority figures. But also, you know, people in your groups of friends and your associates or uh, the people that are around you that have different values than you who want to naysay what it is that you're doing, right? Like maybe you're the metaphysical kind of person in your family and everybody else is deeply religious and they don't get you, right? They don't get why it is that you don't, you know, do what they do. And they may seek to put up obstacles in your way. And that can become very frustrating. So it's a time to be honest with yourself and with others, right? Saying to somebody like that in your life, I really appreciate that you have a different viewpoint than I do. And I would appreciate that you understand that I have a different viewpoint. And let's just agree to disagree, right? Communication. Um, avoid being too stubborn yourself or getting your heels dug in, becoming obsessive about something. Just use this energy to transform the block in your life or the obstacle that's showing up and, you know, hand it over to healing, change. And as long as you are willing to compromise and cooperate and play, you know, be, be true to yourself, but also, you know, taking that dive into what it is that might be interrupting your flow, then this will pass in just a day and you'll be back in alignment, whether it is I need to stop for just the day or I need to consider which direction to go next. I might need to go over, around, under. I need to go with the flow or I need to flow with the go, right? That's the importance of this particular time, this transit of the moon in a square to the sun. Now, the transiting moon in Scorpio will be that, or the, tra the moon is transiting Scorpio until Saturday night for most of us and Sunday early morning uh, for those of you on uh, the East Coast, Central Time Zone and East Coast Time. And then it translates into um, the sign of Sagittarius. So while the moon is in Scorpio, it is kind of characterized by emotional intensity and transformation is the energy that Scorpio really brings to us. We may feel more passionate about the things that we're passionate about. We may be more secretive or withholding of information from those around us. We might be more obsessive than usual. 
These are scorpionic traits. But we can also experience the play of very powerful emotions through us. Jealousy, anger, fear on the negative, passion, joy, and excitement in the positive. So it's a good time when the moon is in Scorpio for us to really explore our hidden emotions, the hidden feelings that we have, the hidden desires that we have. But be careful not to get too carried away with the emotion of it all, right? We don't want to be reacting and reactive and create more conflict and confrontation. But we, we do, you know, want to tap in to those things. You know, I think sometimes we are really afraid of what it is that we want. So, to, so much to the point that we don't even want to put it into words or, or we think we don't know what we want. But point of fact is that we know what we want. We're just afraid to say it, right? Or we're afraid maybe we don't deserve it. This is going to be a great couple of days for you to take a look at that, right? What is it that is holding you back from getting what you truly desire? Now, we also have heightened psychic sensitivity and intuition during the moon's transit through Scorpio. It is a water sign. It is a sign that is highly psychic. So pay attention to your dreams, to your intuitive hunches, to the signs and the omens that you might see around you, because they can be informative as to what is going wrong, what the next steps need to be, etc. But you might also encounter people who challenge you deeply in some way, whether they are friends, uh, whether they're family, or people that you don't even know who just, you know, pop up and suddenly challenge you. Um, and it's always a good idea then to understand what's the challenge? Where's that coming from? What did it trigger within me? If you are triggered by somebody saying or doing something, then you have to look inside. It's not them. Yes, they're doing whatever they're doing, but they're just doing what they do, right? Or saying what they typically say. But you have to look inside and say, well, why am I triggered by that? What does it remind me of? Where in the past have I heard this or experienced this? Because it's a call for you to do the transformation thing. Perfect timing for all of that. It's a good time to heal old wounds, to release the baggage, whether it's emotional or physical baggage, let it go, right? Let it go. Uh, because this is a time to regenerate, to renew our energy, um, and to do the things that support our being able to work through those things, all right? Now, that's again until Saturday night, um, West Coast time, 1058, I think it is, which means East Coast time. Uh, let's see, central time, that'll be midnight, East Coast time, one in the morning. So that's why I said it's kind of straddling Saturday and Sunday. Then the moon goes into Sagittarius, the energy changes. Fundamentally, Sunday is a different day than Saturday, as the moon here is a time of optimism and adventure and freedom, a time to get out. I'm hoping the weather's going to be nice. Maybe I'll get on my bike for the first time this year. Um, you may feel more restless, though, right? I need to get out. I need to I, cabin fever kind of feeling, right? Time to explore, time to expand the boundaries, right? And move beyond. Maybe I'll go for a hike or something this weekend, right? 
Um, we might also be more inclined to explore new things, right? New horizons, expanding, right? Our consciousness and our knowledge, our wisdom. Um, and that can be mental, spiritual, or emotional. It could be uh, in the physical world, we decide that we're going to expand outward some way. And it's a good time to learn something new, a good time to explore other cultures, other ideas, be inspired by other things, to have fun, right? Have fun, travel, do something different, right? We've all been kind of stuck inside, if you will. Um, maybe it's time to do something more fun. Be careful not to overdo it, though. Jupiter is the ruler of the moon in uh, Sagittarius and Jupiter can, with the moon especially, over imbibe, right? Overdue. If this looks good, then I'm going to go this far, right? So be careful with that. Don't neglect your responsibilities. Don't, you know, do things that are careless. Um, there's one thing about Sagittarius that I'm not sure I've ever mentioned much before, but they can be sort of accident prone. They're so, you know, fast and moving quickly in everything that they do. And there's so much on to the next thing that sometimes they trip. <laughs> so we got to stay in our bodies with our feet on the ground so that we can move forward doing the things that we love. All right. Hopefully that makes sense to everybody. So we have like a two for weekend where we have two signs with the moon in it that we'll have to move through. Um. Debbie says, I wonder why your rosemary plant is dying. I have them in my yard and we had four frosts way below 30 degrees and mine are fine. Well, Debbie, here's the deal. My plant, my plants died off, died back in uh, two years ago when uh, our family went to Disneyland and we got a foot of snow while we were gone. And I didn't realize that that was going to happen uh, in the way that it did. And I didn't cover them. I didn't protect them. And the temperatures went down to the upper teens, low 20s at that time. And when I came home, they didn't look good, but then they came back. But they're still in the process of coming back when lo and behold, we have another one. And this time the temperatures were down in single digits. And I covered them. They're just wilted. They look terrible, but maybe they'll come back. They came back before. Uh, it just, it's so, it's so annoying because I've been babying these things. I love cooking with rosemary and uh, anyway, we'll see. They might come back. Uh, all right. Uh, Asa, good morning. Jana, good morning. JLo, good morning. Teddy, good morning. Uh, it's so good to have all of you with me this in bulk morning. Now let's turn our attention to some uh, astrological transits. There's one, one baggie. That's all. Uh, Mercury in Capricorn in a sextile to Neptune in Pisces. And this is occurring tomorrow. This is a harmonious aspect. No, I'm sorry. That's occurring today. Today is the day for that. And this is an enhancement to our intuition, right? To our creativity, to our communication, to uh, our ability to be understood or get others to understand us. And the reason is because in a way, Mercury is helping Neptune get clarity on its ideas and its creative whimsy, right? Mercury, in this case, not being, uh, you know, demoted, if you will, by this interaction, but actually adding to the ability to get clarity around our imaginings, right? Our dreams. So in this case, we can then, you know, take that 
that clearer vision, if you will, and, you know, become more confident and uh, have uh, more uh, of an ability to bring about the things that we want to create in our lives. So it's really kind of cool. And at the same time, in Neptune's influence on Mercury is that brings more compassion and, you know, more of that higher order of love to our conversations, to our words, to the way we interact with one another, because Neptune is about unconditional love, right? It's about universal love, even the bigger love, right? The organizing principle of the universe kind of love. So it is a good day and actually a good few days to really become more inspired in your imaginings. What do I want? I have this picture in my head. I'm so I want to get this out and enjoy exploring new topics. You let your mind wander a bit into new territory. Um, and also know that at the same time, your inner sense of empathy and compassion for yourself and for others is heightened. You're more sensitive, perhaps. And that's also, you know, something that we'd experienced earlier in the week with our human design, as you know, we were helping, we were being helped to connect with others in a deeper, more uh, emotional way, to create connection, not just superficial, hey, how are you, you know, but connection, right, the deeper sense of connection. And we might also find ourselves this weekend then drawn to more spiritual pursuits or more artistic pursuits. Um, somehow maybe we want to seek to expand our awareness, our consciousness of the world, of spirit, of, of uh, beliefs and philosophies, and our place in the world even. So Mercury in the sextile to Neptune is a really good transit, feels really good to me. And a sextile, remember, is a 60-degree relationship between, in this case, Mercury and Capricorn and Neptune and Pisces. And when I think of those two signs, I don't often think of them in ways that are, um, you know, kind of compatible, uh, but they're both feminine signs. And Capricorn is feminine, and so is Pisces. So we have this feminine energy, and that's the energy of going within, the energy of selflessness, of service, of, of contemplation, um, of, of inward focus. And then, of course, the energies always shift back outward. So we have a time for us to really work on our own selves, turning the arrows of compassion, so to speak, upon ourselves inwardly. So good thing, right? Uh, now, let's take a look at the human design. And you you guys know when I put up these shows that I say astro design, you know, we're going to talk about both astrology and human design and the, the way that they cross over. And right now, the transiting sun is in Aquarius, right? And tomorrow, the third, the transiting sun in Aquarius is moving into the gate 13 in human design. And the gate 13 indicates that it's a time for us there's a couple of things. One, it's a time for us to change our stories, right? To be receptive to listening to the stories of others as well. But primarily, it's a narrative kind of thing here in this, in this particular uh, gate, where we have to hear what are the stories that we're telling other people about our experiences, about who we are, about what we can do, about what's possible, what's not possible, the woe is me stories, right? Uh, we have to become very super cognizant of the stories. Uh, 
because the stories are holding us to an old paradigm. Our stories do. Now, I don't want you to say I'm forgetting that story, erasing it from the, 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 the memory banks. Nope. But I do want you to look at the story and the characterization that you have of yourself or of your experiences and really look deeper. How did that experience add to who it is that you are today? How were you blessed by the experience and then add that to the story? Right? Add it to the story. So in the gate 13, on the other hand, we're also doing some deep listening. We're listening to the, the song of humanity to the stories of humanity. So we're being receptive to that and open to that. So we're open to hearing the stories. We're open to changing, rewriting the narrative of the stories that we tell, and maybe even learning from the stories that other people share us, to us or with us. Now the transiting earth is in the gate seven, and the gate seven is a leadership gate. It's a leadership through collaboration. And I always think of the gate seven as kind of the power behind the throne kind of leadership, right? Uh, in our own form of government here in the U.S., we have a president, but literally the person who is the gatekeeper is his chief of staff. He's the one literally with the power to open up and to you know bring people in that want to collaborate with say the president's vision what have you so we have some real collaborative energy um and it suggests to us that during this week we need to sort of align our stories in some way with a common vision right the common vision and purpose um, with those whom you share your values and your goals with so we're looking for commonality we're not saying erase your individuality, but we're looking for commonality, right? How are we alike? And how do our differences actually add to the tapestry of who we are? So the 13, great time. Look at the stories that you tell, right? I have many, and I'm sure we each have many. And it's just a time to brush them up, to shine them up a bit, uh, to make the most of this transit this week. And by the way, this is energy that is active from February 3rd through the 7th. And to make it really activated in a way that is um, powerful, you want to practice deep listening, which means in order to listen, you have to quiet yourself down, right? You want to practice bringing empathy into your interactions with people. You want respect, right? Giving respect, receiving respect. And seek feedback and guidance from others. Why not? Right? Everyone has a story. If someone has a story that's similar to you and you were inspired by their story and willing to listen to how what they did or how they managed to go through something helps you, then by all means, incorporate those changes into yourself, right? Into your life. Now, Jupiter on the 4th, so on Sunday, moves into a new gate, moving into the gate of rationalization in traditional human design, but I love it in quantum human design because we call it the gate of blessings. And that uh, Jupiter, of course, the planet of expansion and growth, right? Raising of consciousness, uh, becoming more spiritually engaged, um, 
the uh, idea of evolving, right, the evolution of our consciousness all comes in through uh, Jupiter. And from February 4th until March 11th, Jupiter will be blessing us, right, giving us this blessing. Now, gate 24 in, like I said, quantum or in uh, traditional human design is called rationalization. And it can be a gate where we try to make sense of our experiences and our insights. We, we sort of rationalize why that, pro, that program didn't work out or why that job didn't last or why that relationship wasn't any good for us, right? We rationalize things uh, as a way to make um, it make sense. But in the process, sometimes we're losing something here, right? We're not taking in what did we learn from this experience. We're just rationalizing it. And typically it goes something like this. I didn't deserve to have that. I didn't work hard enough in that relationship to keep it. We rationalize it, right? Now, when Jupiter moves here into the 24, we might, we're going to feel more optimistic, sure, more curious and open-minded about the life journey that we are on. It's probably a good time to get a life purpose reading um, or any kind of, you know, session with someone that is designed to take you beyond where you are now. But you're also going to encounter likely challenges such as overthinking the gate 24 sits on the Ajna. The Ajna is the second center down in your human design. It is a, a, a center of thinking. Um, so overthinking, right, is a possibility there. Doubting is another possibility with Jupiter sitting here. The old stories of doubt, um, but they kind of have to come up in order for us to work through them, to release them. Justifying your decisions that you made, even if they weren't good ones, um, the actions, justifying the actions that you've taken, even if they weren't good actions, or they didn't lead you to where you wanted to go, right? And sometimes the justification comes up as a way to keep us from taking new action, right? Taking the next step kind of broadening the horizon, so to speak, right? So in this relationship, this didn't work. That doesn't mean in all my relationships that they're not going to work. But we can rationalize that somehow, you know, either we're at fault or the other person didn't do what they were supposed to do or the universe isn't just maybe the this is a good one. That's a lot of metaphysical people do this. It's, the universe is telling me that's not the right thing for me. <laughs> and that's never true. <laughs> That's never true because if you want it and you desire it and you are headed for that direction, it is absolutely there for you to have in its most beautiful form, right? It's kind of spiritual abdication to tell, say that the universe is telling me I not, that's not for me. Ah, don't do that. But it is a time to really trust your intuition. So for this next month and a week, um, tr your intuition as an inner authority. Even Now, don't get that confused with what your authority is in human design. And your authority being, might be emotional, might be sacral, could be splenic, um, could be identity center. That is how you make big decisions in your life, right? That when you have a big decision to make using your authority, in your human design is how you do that, right? How you do it correctly for you. What I'm talking about here is that during this period of time, 
you might find that you are more intuitive than normal. So if you're, let's say you're emotionally defined and you know you don't make decisions spontaneously, yet intuition works in the spontaneous now, works in the now, it means that I may be in receipt of some intuition that really tells me this is the right place to go or the right people to be with or the right opportunity to take up, but it's not quite the time for me to take action because I need to wait until I have emotional clarity, then I can take action. So you're using the intuition then as a way to sort of see what lies ahead, right? What you know, you want to wait with your emotional clarity because it's going to tell you the right timing for taking action. Okay, hope that makes sense. If you're confused by that, write a comment down in the uh, chat and I will answer that question for you. So trust your intuition. Don't let your mind interfere with your self-expression. So for those of you who have a defined Ajna, meaning it would be colored in green in most charts. If you've got the chart from my website, it would be colored in a kind of purpley pink. Then you are already someone who has a tendency to overthink or maybe overanalyze or get caught up in the mind, right? So you'll have to be very aware that the mind can take you away from your intuition sometimes. I can't stop you from thinking. So yeah, okay, think. But don't listen to the thinking in terms of how I'm going to do what I do next. I'm going to listen to my intuition for that and my human design authority. Um, if you have an open Ajna, you're already used to having lots of different thoughts from lots of different people filtering through your mind all the time because the openness takes in everything around it, amplifies it, and rebroadcasts it. So an off chance comment from somebody that says, yeah, I'm not sure it's the right time for you to do that kind of project, then gets in your head, sticks in your head, and you begin this process loop of thinking and rethinking and overthinking. And until you can realize that you've taken in somebody else's energy and are using it inappropriately, you will keep that thinking up and not listen to the intuition. So you've got to be aware either way, whether it's defined or open, that you can be overthinking or overanalyzing. And that can really interfere with the true expression of blessings in your life, right? Of, of moving toward those blessings. So gate 24 on the Ajna leading up to the gate 61, uh, in the head center. So it's part of a channel that has us tapping into the wonder and the awe and the possibilities and the curiosity, not just the rationalizing of what I see, uh, of what my senses pick up and of what I think. you got to get away from what you think somewhat, okay? Uh, so JLo says, now I understand why I woke up thinking about things, right? Indeed. <laughs> Activated Mercury, these energies that are uh, popping up Mercury in the sextile to Neptune causing thinking. Um, she has her Mercury at 24 in Taurus. Ah, there you go, right? So that's how that activation works for you. You're already tapping in JLo to what it is that your mind is doing to you. It's keeping you busy, right? Keeping you busy. Good morning, Jolie. And LS says, double Gemini, Sag rising. Ha ha. Lots of thinking. Yes. And by the way, there is nothing wrong with thinking. 
I didn't mean to characterize it as something you don't want to do because we all do it. We all think. But in human design in particular, we see that the thinking process is about awareness. It's about gaining clarity of how things match up or how ideas fit together or how facts um, can be, you know, faked or how facts are true and things like that. It's informative. It's awareness. But awareness does not give us access to decision making. Decision making is action. What am I going to do? All we have in the mind is awareness. So be thinking, right? Don't, you, I can't stop you from it. I wouldn't stop myself from it. I love to think. And yet I can't rely on thinking because there's no real energy in there for doing. Okay. I hope that makes sense. Now, last thing about today or about the weekend is a, a biggie. We talked about today Mercury in the sextile to Pisces because Mercury's in Capricorn, Neptune in Pisces. But on Monday, Sunday, 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 Mercury moves out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. So the whole nature of our thinking and our communication and our mental stimulus changes, right? It's going to change from the more uh, goal-oriented uh, strategic thinking of Capricorn to the wider, innovative, originality thinking of Aquarius, right? Unconventional thinking even of Aquarius. <clears throat> so for the time that Mercury will be in Aquarius, we are more open to new ideas, uh, new perspectives. We might challenge the status quo of our own thinking, other people may also be the challenge to the status quo of our own thinking. Um, we may also be very contrary during this period of time, questioning authority, right? You are a sovereign being, right? You have your own authority. You have your own awareness. You have your own energetic signature um, during this period of time. When Mercury, especially, and there's a whole ton of planets getting ready to come through Aquarius, as we talked about earlier, or we talked about Wednesday with Tam, um, there's a sense of really wanting to bring out the best of who you are, you know, being more um, centered around your innovative uniqueness, okay? That is not a bad thing unless it becomes selfishness. So, keep that in mind. The, the balance point is that Aquarian energy is very humanitarian. It does see that it's part of a bigger picture, right? It takes the Leo side, the individual side, and places it in the group, but not as a conforming part of the group, but as a unique quality of the group. We'll be working with this energy. We're also going to be more interested in humanitarian, social, scientific type things. We may even seek to connect with like-minded people during this period of time. Um, interesting because Aquarius and the planet Uranus, which isn't engaged here in this, but especially Aquarius is the sign of astrology, of divination tools like oracle cards, tarot cards, of uh, psychic readings, all those kinds of things are also very activated when we have a lot of planets moving through Aquarius. I really expect my schedule is going to be filling up here uh, as time goes on. 
And we also might find that we need to learn something about ourselves, and that is about how to become more detached from outcomes, from the way that we think things should happen. Sometimes we need to rebel a bit, right? Sometimes we need to let go of those attachments that we have. What detachment gives us is objectivity. And Aquarius has that in spades, right? It's a very objective sign. It has the ability to stand back, look in and see the bigger picture, and not become attached to an outcome or to how it should show up. Because freedom is one of the one of the qualities of the sign as well. It wouldn't attach to how it thinks or believes others should behave or what others should do. So it'll be interesting because, you know, we're always seemingly attached, right? I'm really attached to the fact that this is going to happen or that this person is going to be this way. And when they're not, or what I want doesn't happen, what happens to us is that we cave in, right? Or we get mad or we give up, right? So we got to watch for those patterns. Um, transiting Mercury in Aquarius will help us to break free from those patterns that we have established, uh, thought patterns. So I'm talking about the mind specifically here, but also to help us find new solutions to those problems that we may have been working on. I'm looking forward to new solutions, right? To new ideas, things coming in. Now, the biggest news of all, of all of these things today, is that transiting Mercury as he moves into Aquarius runs right into Pluto right into Pluto, who's also sitting at zero degrees of Aquarius. So this brings up a certain quality of energy of the times that we live in. And we talked about this a lot in the astrology of 2024 uh, webinar, that it's almost like the these inner planets now, Mercury's the first, then Mars will pass this way, then Venus will pass this way, all within the next couple of weeks. And what we have is this new handshake energy going on between the inner planet and the planet of transformation. So new ways of thinking, right? Transforming the old mind constraints and in, to gain new awarenesses. And uh, so the planet of transformation with the planet of communication really is a sign of humanity's innovation to come of how we will innovate our relationships, how we will innovate our thinking processes, how we will innovate technology in some ways. Um, now, this kind of aspect, Mercury does quite well here, actually. It often, uh, as a planet, elevates our thinking from the lower mind to the higher mind, right? Because he begins a relationship here with both Saturn and Uranus and Pluto. So if we bring all those together, what we can see is that there are plenty of wonderful ideas and inspiration running through we the people as a way to elevate the planet, right? That That's our bigger picture, but also that's happening to elevate your life. We have great access to mental focus, deep insights, radical changes in our perspective, the way that we are thinking about things, and the way that we express ourselves. Big, big changes morphing through here. But it can also trigger some of the darker sides of Plutoan energy, of Aquarian energy, obsessive thinking or obsessive thoughts, OCD, 
right? Power struggles, uh, secrets, hidden agendas. There's a sort of scorpionic kind of feel here. Um, and it could be how we communicate. Maybe we're really recognizing sort of the manipulation in people's words uh, in our uh, relationships, the manipulation that's going on within that. So the best way to use this energy is going to be about being open-minded and detached from um, the outcomes, but also being detached from the triggers, right? Detached from the outcomes, yes, but you've also got to detach from the trigger. Notice it when it happens, right? That person just said something that triggered me. I'm seeing or feeling my traditional reaction to that, and I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop it in its tracks, and instead I'm going to breathe, and I'm going to listen because I want to know what it is that I'm hearing in that person that catalyzed that kind of reactive energy in me. Why do I want to do that? Because I want to grow. I want to expand my consciousness. I want to become more aware. Right? That's what this is all about. Avoid manipulation. Avoid paranoia. Avoid ultimatums. Avoid power struggles with people. Before you enter into anything like that, you've got to stop yourself and breathe and ask yourself the question, is this the right thing? Is this the right way? Is this, you know, going to better the situation or make it worse? Great questions. So in the end, though, this is a great transit of Mercury through Aquarius, meeting up with Pluto even. As it transforms our minds, it can help transform our messages, how we are talking to people, but also helps us to connect with others on a much deeper and more profound level if you allow it, right? If you allow it rather than getting caught up in word games or a word um, slicing and dicing, right? Don't get caught up in all of that. Or if you start overthinking about things. All right. Well, that's what I have for you today. I'm going to dig out my cards here and we're going to pull an star code astro card for the weekend, right? So we've done a lot of astrology talk. Let's see what the cards want us to really have as our takeaway message for this weekend. Uh, let's see if you can just make it a Disney movie weekend. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Um, we, my daughter just asked me if I was okay. And I told her, yes, just overthinking and underworking. <laughs> I love it. All right. So what I got was dignified strength card number 13. I love the number 13, very sacred. So we have a sacred message here of dignified, which by the way, this is an astrology deck. So dignified means uh, as far as a planet is concerned, is that it's in a sign where it can be uh, its best person, its best self, where its best qualities come through. So we're looking at how do we then create our best qualities? How do we bring our best qualities out? Okay, and here's what it says. A planet is at its strongest when it is essentially or accidentally dignified in a sign or placement that aligns with its nature and adds strength. For example, Mars is at its most Mars-like when it's in Scorpio or Aries, the two signs that it rules, or in Capricorn, which is a strong sign of leadership. So it's dignified by accident there, right? Just by accident of the qualities of that sign. 
A dignified planet is like the soccer player who happens to be out in front and free in the exact right place to receive a pass. So the action, your voice matters. Trust that you are what's needed here at this moment. You are in your element and at the right place at the right time. So you have an advantage, but it's up to you to make a choice and run with the ball. Dodge the obstacles and look for the opportunities just beginning to emerge. Have faith in yourself. You have what it takes, even if you don't know it yet. It's up to you to tap into your potential and find the resources within. Play to your strengths. Use your contacts. Sing the song that best fits your voice. Do so with humble respect for the process. This situation is strong enough for you to fulfill your potential without stepping on another person to get ahead. The wind is with you, but will not do the work for you. Take the lead, do your work, and bring your team along with you. The challenge, it may be tempting to take over. Yes, it's time for you to shine, but bring everyone along with you rather than dominating them, or you may be left high and dry once more once this game is over. Gift for weeks, months, or lifetimes you have prepared for this moment. The muscles you've built in body and soul and the understanding you have accrued are needed here at this time and in this place. It's a great card. Great card. Really sets the tone for us as we experience all these different transits that are happening right now. All right. Well, thank you all for being with me today. It's been wonderful. I will see you on Monday and we'll take a look at the week ahead. Much love to everybody. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.